Welcome to All Steelers Talk, your home for everything Pittsburgh Steelers, presented by AllSteelers.com. Hello, beautiful people. It is Saturday, November 27th. We are less than a day, a little bit over a day, I guess, at this point, away from Week 12's kickoff between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cincinnati Bengals. This is All Steelers Talk. I am Nostrak Bond. Today, we're joined by the whole crowd, the whole group of us. We got Donnie Droon. All the way out northern Phoenix, Arizona, reporting live from his living room. And then we got Derek the Kid, usually on Fridays. We had a little bit of a, an electric electricity issue here in Jessup, Pennsylvania um, yesterday. So we moved it to Saturday. We got Derek Bell. How are we, uh, how are we doing down there, Derek? How are we doing up there, Donnie? Chilling, man. I'm chilling. Early morning, ready to talk some Steelers. Donnie, it's like four in the morning out there. How we doing? Dude, I'm uh, <laughs> Coke out of a wine glass, if anybody's curious. Uh, You're drinking Coke at 7.30 in the morning? Busy. Dude, I, I, if I told you about the last 48 hours, you would not believe me. And if I told Didn't... you about the next 24 hours I got ahead of me, you probably also wouldn't believe me. So, you got, uh... chugging. I think it's probably better than the other Coke. So, you know. Yeah, very true. Uh, maybe not to keep you awake, though. You're not a coffee guy? Hey. Are you a coffee guy? Coffee's all right, man. Uh, I still need to kind of get my feet a little bit more wet in the world of coffee. Um, I know you're big on that, so maybe in Mobile we can link up. You can kind of show me the ropes whenever it comes to what I need. Yeah, we're three cups deep here at 1030 in the morning out in the good old northeast Pennsylvania. And it's, I drink coffee like there's no tomorrow. I don't know if you guys follow Big Cat on Twitter, but he posts constantly memes about just loving coffee, and I'm just like, yeah, this is basically my life. Um, but either way, coffee aside, the Pittsburgh Steelers have a big game, huge game. Against the number two team in the AFC North, the Cincinnati Bengals, who currently lead the series, excuse me, 1-0. But things change, and the Steelers are not a team known to be swept by the Cincinnati Bengals, even if, as we talked prior to the show, the Bengals are definitely an evolving team headed in the right direction. We're going to start with a little what could be different, because the Bengals and the Steelers obviously play twice a year, as does every other team in the AFC North. But you have to change things up. The Steelers... They missed a couple of pieces back in week three when they played the first time. No T.J. Watt, no Alex Highsmith, no Deontay Johnson. This time around, though, I think the Bengals might be a little different. Donnie, when you uh, when you take a first glance at the Bengals, what do you expect them to possibly change up heading into uh, week 12 here? Uh, I think they might be keen to keep Joe Mixon kind of chugging along a little bit more this time around. I feel like he's really started to heat up lately in games. Um, I feel like Joe Burrow is still super young in his career. He's starting to piece together a little bit more of, you know, what it takes to be an NFL quarterback week in and week out. Um, but at least offensively, like I, I'm not like super sure anything drastically is going to change. I still feel like it's going to be the, the Jamar Chase show whenever it comes to pushing the ball deep down the field. Uh, defensively, though, I mean, we were talking before the show, they got a couple of dogs on defense and they probably shouldn't like be, I don't want to say as good as they are, but. Just you, you wouldn't expect a secondary that, you know, involves Eli Apple and Shadobi Wuze to, you know, kind of be what they are right now. And granted, there's still a lot of games left, but the fact that the Cincinnati Bengals were top of the AFC North is kind of surprising. But just in terms of what they're going to be able to do differently, I'm not quite sure, man, because like they, they do a really good job of kind of changing things up on a week to week basis. I feel like it's probably more of a question for Derek, though. Derek's been in the film room constantly. I feel like the dude hasn't <laughs> left the, the film room in weeks, bro. Derek got home from work at 6 a.m. and decided that he was going to watch every run play that Crazy. the uh, Cincinnati Bengals defense took on all season long. So 
that's just a prime example. Derek, I do want to ask you though. Jamar Chase, uh, kind of a two-parter here. Jamar Chase had a big game, obviously, but uh, it, the first time these two teams played. But Mike Tomlin even said, like, there was no film on this guy. You can't say, oh, you know, he he was going to be a breakout star. It's like, yeah, he was going to be a breakout star. But at some point, this is the NFL. People know what you're going to do. Do you expect them to keep him contained? And on the other side of that, like Derek or like uh, Donnie just said, they do have some dogs on defense, but. Deontay Johnson didn't play. Ben Roethlisberger was throwing picks. It was a different offense. Najee Harris didn't have, have his feet on the ground yet. Do, do you see things changing offensively for the Steelers as well? Yeah. As far as like, as far as Chase, man, like I think the, the big thing we talked about um, that he's kind of shown from his college days is like, I feel like he's beating press a lot better than he did at LSU, like getting guys hands off of him. We know he was fast that he could get down the field, but it just press hasn't really been an issue. Like many kind of thought it might be early in his career. Um, as far as the Steelers, like, they don't have the guys to man man him up uh, without help over the top. But um, when Burrow's in trouble, man, like, Burrow's one of those guys, he, he likes to make plays with his legs, take chances down the field. Like, you can tell him and Chase got that connection from LSU. Um, so, like, he really has a lot of faith in him. He gives him a lot of chances down the field, like, late in plays, you know, where Burrow, Trent, like, Wolves. Uh, get out of the pocket, throw it deep to him. So he doesn't want to let that play die and, like, chases the guy he's trying to go to. As far as, like, stuff that will be different, like one of the big differences for Cincinnati is they're going to have T. Higgins this time. He didn't play in the first matchup. Uh, Higgins is, like, their, you know, prototypical kind of, like, X receiver. He can do a lot of different things. He's kind of known at Clemson for being a guy that could win contested catches. But he's he's a really good receiver. He kind of gets overshadowed a little bit just because of how great Chase has been. But – yeah, I mean, but like on the steel for the Steelers side, the the big difference will be you know T.J. Watt um, having him on defense. You know, Zach Taylor talked a lot about that. We talked about that pre pre the show. But I think the the biggest thing is like Deontay Johnson didn't play um, because of that Mike Tomlin decision to throw him a screen like with no time left in the game <laughs> against the Raiders that got him hurt. Um, but like I I was watching the. I was watching some games this week and like they were doing a lot of crazy stuff as far as um, with their pre-snap looks and disguises and some man-to-man coverage. And I'm thinking to myself, like, there's no way they're going to do this if Deontay plays. So it'll be interesting to see how many looks they give him because like Donnie talked about, like, no, Chidobia Uzie is kind of their number one corner. And he's been good this year. Like he's probably having like the best year of his career, but I just don't know. It'd be interesting to see how much faith they have in like Eli Apple um, and main coverage against Deontay. Cause I think that's a matchup that the Steelers will 100% uh, take, you know, every snap if they can get it. So do you think that the Bengals, because Eli Apple might not be, you know, the best football player, but he is a bigger dude for a cornerback he's a lengthy guy do you think that's a more of a matchup for chase claypool and if it is like how i mean chase claypool could have a game yeah i mean I, i'm not really sure I don't, I don't think they move they don't move their guys around a ton i think the, the one thing that they do at least from a secondary perspective really just their whole defense that i haven't really seen them do um as much in previous years is just the amount of disguises that they throw at you like pre-snap you know, they'll move guys in and out. It's not necessarily blitzes where they bring, like, five-plus guys, but just the amount of moving parts. Like, I've seen them. I mean, they move Jesse Bates all over the field. So, um, as far as, like, the our receivers against their corners, I mean, I, I, I kind of like that matchup, especially because we're going to have Deontay this time. Um, 
But, you know, Eli's, Eli's kind of been a polarizing guy on NFL Twitter for a long time. Uh, and they, they, they had him last time they matched up. Uh, James Washington actually beat him on a, on a go route. But uh, Ben was kind of hit, like, really early in the play. Dan Moore got driven back, and he just overthrew him. He should have hit it. Um, and it would have been – it was like six minutes left in the game. They would have run right back in the game. It would have been a one-score game. Um, but they just didn't hit the hit the play. Donnie, I, I gotta ask. So the Steelers, like like Derek just mentioned, they're they're getting guys back. TJ Minka, Deontay, big names. Minka played in the last time, but did not play last week. And I think we all saw that the Steelers defense was uh rough, if you want to say rough. Um who's the biggest X factor to come back this week? Is it TJ or is it Minka? I mean, if <laughs> And that's tough because like everybody knows what you're going to get out of TJ, right? Like TJ Watt steps on the field, like you, you know exactly what you're going to get out of him. And I feel like that hasn't necessarily been the case for Mika this year. We talked about how Mika usually plays a whole lot better whenever he's in that like center fielder, like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm playing his one man up top safety role. Terrell Edmonds kind of in the box doing his thing, you know, you know, getting tackles near the line of scrimmage. Whereas Mika is used to, you know, commanding the back. And you know, that hasn't necessarily been the case this year. And we talked about whenever we knew who's going to be out for the Chargers game, how different that secondary was going to look. Because Minka's not going to be back there playing the role of janitor, you know, cleaning a lot of things up that a lot of people don't see. And, you know, we saw that happen in a couple of plays where Justin Herbert was really able to take advantage of Minka not being there, just like mentally or physically. So him coming back, I feel like it's going to provide a big boost to a Steelers secondary that just one needs the playmaking ability and two needs the chemistry. And I understand Minka's tackling hasn't exactly been perfect this year, but man, like what an upgrade he's been over every single other player in the Steelers secondary, basically outside of Joe Hayden. Yeah. I, I think that that secondary piece, I mean, TJ is what TJ is and that right. pass rush like, is You, you can't ever discount the, one of the best players in the NFL, if not the best on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. But the reason that the Steelers lost to the Bengals last time, I mean, out on defensively because the offense was probably the reason that they lost, but they got beat over the top and I get Minka was on the field for that play and does blame himself for that play. But at the end of the day, Minka is a much smarter player game by game. And especially if he gets another opportunity at these guys, you didn't see chase the first time prior to the game. I, I think that that's a big X factor. Donnie or uh, Derek, I'm going to ask you the same question, TJ or Minka. Who's the, the biggest return here for the Steelers? Yeah, I mean, we, we saw it. Donnie talked about it last week against the Chargers. I mean, you know, the, the game winner, for example, to Mike Williams with two minutes left in the game, you know, they're in cover two, and Norwood just has, like, two false steps. He cheats up on a hook route in front of him that he's not supposed to be looking at, loses his responsibility, and they let Mike Williams get down the sideline. So that, you know, if he, if he reads that correctly and gets the proper depth and keeps his eyes on straight, like, we're talking about – you know, Herbert's going to hit that whole shot because he's got the arm talent to do it. But we're talking about a 20 yard gain in a big play instead of, you know, the game being over. So, um, yeah, having Minka back, I mean, there, there is no there is no uh, substitute for that, uh, especially in the back end. The things that he can do with his range and like quarterbacks, just they have to be aware of where he's at at all times. He hasn't been the turnover machine over the past, you know dozen or so games, but I mean, quarterbacks still know that he's a capable guy as far as taking the football away. It's the same way that teams treat, you know, Jesse Bates for Cincinnati, you know, quarterbacks have to be aware of where they're at at all times. And, you know, if they're in the deep center field or they're in the deep half, you know, they're going to be aware of like, Hey, I need to be really accurate with where this football is going to go. So, um, but TJ, the, you know, the Bengals offensive line is better than I think 
any of us anticipated to me, like even more so than the defense. Like that's been the, that's been a surprise for me. Um, I feel like a lot of their sacks, man, are just Burroughs pocket um, awareness, just not wanting to get rid of the football. So um, I think there's their offensive lines been better, but you know, they, they got no pressure on him basically the first time. I think that broke their streak of games with a sack. Yeah. TJ so back, man, that's going to be, that's going to be huge for uh, Keith Butler and Mike Thomas. I also do want to point out that TJ very underrated and gonna uh, you know be helping slow down Joe Mixon as well. I feel like a lot of people don't kind of give TJ credit for what he does in a run game as well. You know whether the team's trying to run away, uh, you know, from him, you know, heading to the left side of the line of scrimmage, or just what he does blowing run plays up and just. A, a lot of the stuff he does, and it's crazy because, like, he does fill up the stat sheet, but just so much of the game plan he, he affects, and especially when it comes to slowing down Joe Mixon, who's been red hot lately. Yeah, I feel like TJ is going to have a big game on, on and off of the box score. I, I, I have a question because I want to I want to lead into the Burrow versus Mixon debate, who should be a bigger worry for the, for the Steelers this year. But the four interceptions that the Steelers have this season, I saw a stat somewhere on Twitter over the last couple of days that named – that listed the amount of interceptions that the Steelers had through 10 or 11 games of the season. And it was like 14, 15, 16. And then this year it was four. Is that concerning at all? Like, is do they need to come up with interceptions or can you have a reliable defense that just doesn't turn the ball over? Cause they do turn the ball over. I mean, miles Killebrew has two turnovers this season on special teams. You could add those right to whatever list of turnovers or, or playmaking, whatever that you want to add it to. Is the four interceptions a concern, I think? Yeah, I mean, they're near the bottom of the league in turnovers, like force. But, I mean, you know, they have gotten a couple on special teams. You mentioned the Killebrew uh, two-block punts. James Pierre forced a fumble against on a kickoff against the Chicago Bears a couple weeks ago. Uh, the defense just hasn't been able to come up with those. And part of it, you know, turnovers, there's a little bit of an aspect of it with luck. You know, guys, ball's got to go. You know, if you look at the um, – y'all remember the – cover two shot that Herbert hit with Sutton underneath the Keenan Allen on third and long. Yeah, 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 yeah. That play right before it that Cam Hayward batted at the line of scrimmage, Cam Sutton mm-hmm. was jumping the route. They had mm-hmm. Keenan Allen running a post, and Sutton literally was jumping the route. He had an easy interception. If Cam doesn't touch it, Cam, it literally is going to go in Sutton's hands like in stride. They, so they, they showed Sutton after that play. And he's going nuts. Yeah, he's yeah. like, dude, like I had this. Like, And it's, it's frustrating. Like some, They've been unlucky a little bit, but – you know, you talk about creating turnovers, though. I mean, Burrow's the guy you want to see um, a little bit if if you want those chances because he's going to take chances with the ball. I mean, he's he's got 11 interceptions. Like, he does hang around in the pocket a lot and try to make plays with his legs. So he's going to give you some opportunities. You just got to make sure you capitalize on them. You know, this isn't a week where, you know, you can afford to drop an interception or two because they're so explosive. Like Donnie mentioned, like, Mixon's been – really good lately and he's I mean we've all talked about he's a really good player he's been a really good player but like Cincinnati doesn't ever really feel like they want to commit to giving him the football Mm -hmm. and like this team really lives and dies by that explosive pass game and with that when you look at the teams around the league that kind of live and die like that and just Burrow's mentality with the football as a playmaker like he's gonna give you some opportunities to take the football away you just gotta take it you gotta make plays on the football do they do they have do they have those guys I mean it is a new group and Steven Nelson wasn't that guy. I get that. But, like, Devin Bush is not a turnover guy, and I I get that maybe he never was. But Joe Schobert seems to be lacking in the turnovers, you know, than what we expected. Do they have those those factors, I guess? Can they make that happen? 
I mean, I feel like any defense can, but this isn't the 2019 defense where that's going to force a crazy amount of turnovers. And I feel like a lot of that was kind of the, the boost where they immediately got Minka. Mink was just taking picks back, taking fumbles back to the house almost on a weekly basis. And like Derek said, like at, at a certain point, it, it, it's random. It's luck. You know, you can't necessarily control that. And like they, they were due to kind of regress from that crazy high number at some point, but at the end of the day, man, as long as the defense is not even just like forcing turnovers, but just like doing their job. And like, if the Bengals are going to score, you got to make them earn it. You know, like you can't let the Bengals get those four, four or five play, like 60, 70 yard drives where they're just hitting stuff downfield. Like you really got to make them earn it. If, if Joe Mixon's going to hit a hundred yards, he's got to hit like 25, 30 carries. Like that's, that's the end of the day, what you got to do. Basically just keep everything in front of you. And I feel like we talked about it a little bit earlier with, with Minka back in the lineup. I feel like the Steelers are going to have a lot better chance of actually doing that. That's um kind of where I was leading with this one. So Mixon, Derek alluded to it earlier. You just said it then. Mixon isn't like a guy that they want to commit to maybe as much as other feature backs in the NFL. I think last time they played, he rushed the ball like 14 times or something, but he did put up 90 yards. Is is he a bigger concern or is Joe Burrow a bigger concern for the Steelers defense? Derek, I'll toss that one to you. I just I when when I watch the Bengals, um, I feel like Mixon still could be utilized more in the pass game. I feel like and another guy that they they don't utilize enough, in my opinion, uh, which is probably good for the Steelers, just the, the way their personnel shakes out. But I feel like they don't throw the ball to Tyler Boyd as much this year either. So mm-hmm. um, just with the emergence of Chase, it just seems like, you know, there's a lot of plays like when you, especially when you see Burrow hold on to the football and escape the pocket, you know, he's not looking at other guys, man. Like he's, he's very laser focused on Jamar Chase. And like, that's where a lot of their big plays have came. So um, the explosive pass game to me is what you've got to take away just because, um, I don't know if the Bengals and just Burrow in general with where he's at in his development, like are they capable of putting together like 11, 12 play drives if you take away the deep ball or if you take away um, those explosive plays run after the catch? I don't know. I mean, we'll see. But I, I like the Steelers' chances, like if they're able to do that. On the flip side of that, they have to stop the run better than they have in recent weeks. Detroit, Cincinnati is not going to come out like Detroit did with six offensive linemen. So that that's a good thing. But – um, you know, we've talked all season about how banged up the Steelers defensive line, you know, the linebackers, Joe Schobert, Devin Bush, not playing up to par um, in the run game. But, you know, Mixon's a guy that can gash you if you don't pay attention to him, if you don't commit to it, you don't execute up front, you're not in the right gaps. He's going to make you pay. Donnie, that's what I'm going to ask you, because I've been excited. I've been kind of holding this back, the Devin Bush question all episode long. But oh, Devin Bush obviously has looked atrocious. Uh, I heard Arthur Motes yesterday, two days ago or something, say that it is not his knee. It is not schematics. It is nothing. It is the fact that he is putting in zero effort on the football field. Dude. Is Devin Bush capable of being that? I mean, you have to stop Joe Mixon. Derek just said it. You have to stop yeah. Joe Mixon. You have to stop the run game to beat this team. Devin Bush is where that starts. Can it be, can he do that? Can he be that guy? Or is this Listen, uh, man, everybody when, else has to do it? When you got Austin Eckler running right past you and you're you're engaged with the offensive lineman blocking you, and you're dude, not even trying eye to get to off eye. that block, you're 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 deep in love with this dude's eyes while Eckler is running past you to the goal line. You're not even <laughs> trying to get off the block. Yeah, bro. Don't 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 give me that. You know, it's all mental with the knee. Nah, not at all. It, it, it's got to be effort. It's got to be something, man, because that, that's ridiculous. Devin Bush too good of a player. Jeff's way too high to kind of pan out like he has, especially after we saw him ball out 
whenever you know he first got his first taste of action. One thing I want to point out though is that not only do you have to worry about Joe Mixon in the running game, Joe Mixon lines up one-on-one with either Schobert or Bush, they're in trouble. Because time and time again, we've seen that neither Devin Bush or Schobert has done a very good job of containing very elusive running backs. And Joe Mixon is probably one of the better running backs in the league whenever it comes to creating separation whenever he's in the passing game. So that's a whole other dynamic they got to worry about. And they really don't have a whole lot of tools in the toolbox to kind of, you know, limit him per se so mix could have a big day running routes if they you know choose not to feed him the ball 14 15 times on the ground maybe he'll still find a way to do damage and that kind of does worry me it's hitting like Derek already said like Schobert and Bush have not played up the par they have not Derek what do they do if it's not there if it's not Bush if it's not Schobert how do you stop Joe Mixon in the passing game well, my, my biggest concern is like we, we talked about last week when we were talking about the Chargers about them using Eckler on those like angle routes and choice routes out of the backfield. And then they they hit on a couple of them um, in big spots um, yeah. on Devin and stuff. But my thing with Devin is like um, I think we I mean, we've talked about how he's not a coverage linebacker and he's coming back from the ACL injury and nobody's trying to just completely discount that. But like they need him to be the sideline to sideline like run defender. I mean, if he's not going to give you that and, you know, they don't blitz him a ton. We know that he's not very good in coverage. He's got to play the run at least like an average level for him to be on the field or else he's giving you pretty much nothing. So um, I, I'm interested to see how he plays. I thought in the fourth quarter um, against the Chargers, there was two different plays where he scraped over and made, made stops near the line of scrimmage. So we'll see if that carries over. I don't know, man. I I talked about it in the spaces after game after the game, but I don't know how to fix Devin right now. I think it's – a lot of it's like confidence too. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I think we sometimes forget about like that element of play, but you know, Devin, I'm like, you can look and see that he's thinking too much. Like he's slow to react to plays. Like he's just not playing fast. And then it's not like he's not as fast as he was. And before the ACL, it just seems like he's not playing that way. Cause he's not sure of himself. I would love for Devin to just get like one of those, like really stupid, um, lucky interceptions or like a nice big hit in a run game or something just to see what it would do for his confidence and see if it maybe could be kind of that turning point for him but um it's got to start soon i mean we the Steelers have a fifth year option decision on him after the season we're, we're closing in you know we're way well over the halfway point now um they're going to need him to play much better starting this week we talk about the offenses that they'll face down the stretch they're going to need him to play much better yeah, I agree. I, and I think that uh, Devin Bush, when it comes to the fifth year option, is a very tough situation. But I think either way, you got to give it to him. That's just my like opinion on this right now. You don't spend a 10th overall pick, trade up to the 10th overall pick on a guy. He plays well for two years and then has a bad year. And you say, never mind. At the same time, it, it's it's dangerously approaching a Jalen Smith situation that you do not want to be in if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers. And that's that's where we're going here. Um yeah, but yeah, I, 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 do you feel like if there's any organization that's going to give somebody time to pan out over his five years, it's going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, you really got to not perform up the par for them to not pick up one of those options. I mean, but, but Dupree saying. being the perfect example, because like Dupree got slandered his first couple of years here. And, you know, he, he didn't play well, but eventually he turned the corner. So I, I think they're willing to have confidence and willing to have a little bit more patience whenever it comes to Devin. I think that – so at that same point, it, it kind of worked out perfectly because Bud Dupree got hurt at the wrong time, and I get that. I'm happy that he got his paycheck, and I'm, I, I think he deserved it. It stinks that it's not panning out because he came back from injury too quick, but I think Devin Bush getting hurt right now 
gives you that fifth year option to just say, okay, well, we get to see what happens post ACL injury. And then if he doesn't work out in the next two years, we move on. But it's not in that dire situation where you're like, okay, well, you know, we have one year to decide if this guy is going to be worth millions of dollars to be the inside linebacker for our team. I, I just think that that kind of worked out. It stinks that he's playing pretty poorly this year, but in the long run, I think the Steelers understand that this was probably the best best case scenario. Before we get to uh, our Week 12 bets um, that Derek actually only hit, me and Donnie have been on a losing streak. That is disgusting. Yeah. Disgusting, I'm let me tell you. I don't, did any of our four-game, same-day four-leg parlay hit last week? Because I don't think one, one of them. That's yeah, bad. It's getting really, really rough. We're going to take this week off because – I can't keep losing people money. Yeah. yeah, like I can't keep losing other people money. I can't keep losing myself money. Let me tell you, Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving, my FanDuel account got down to one last bet. It went from X amount of dollars to zero. It was at zero dollars. I had one bet remaining. It was on the bills. I went to, I stayed up the whole night. I stared right at that TV. I'm like, please, please. And I like put it in. Like I already lost like all my bets and I had like, I think like 50 bucks or something. And I was like, all right, we're just, we're throwing it all right but now. Like get you. you can't do that. Yeah, well, I won. <laughs> I won. The Bills covered by, I think it was like 19 and a half. I was like, this is the longest shot I'm ever going to take, but we're going to put it out there. And uh, thank God Josh Allen uh, gave me a little bit of a Thanksgiving miracle. I woke up feeling pretty disgusting. But before we get to those, I, um, I just want to ask. We'll, we'll pass it around here. Donnie, we'll start with you. Then we'll go to Derek. When you look at these guys, what's something that stands out for the Bengals that you think people should should keep an eye on um, on this Sunday? Like in a good way? Uh, whatever way you want to talk about. I feel like Derek kind of already touched on that earlier, and this kind of goes back to the draft. Remember, they took Jamar over uh, Sewell. The Bengals had confidence in your offensive line and what they were going to be able to do with it. And, you know, it, it felt like they were kind of the only people confident and then being able to protect Burrow. The only people that were were kind of inside that facility. And so far, I mean, it, it's kind of been true. You know, Jamar Chase has been balling out. He looks very much like he deserved to be a top five pick. And that that offensive line that they kind of reshuffled from last year, it played pretty damn good. I, I wouldn't say it's one of like the, the top, top echelon units in the league. But, I mean, they're certainly paving holes for Joe Mixon, giving Joe Burrow time whenever he asks for it. So, uh, you know, hopefully TJ coming back can, you know, knock a, you know, a little bit of that off. Uh, you know, both in the pass and run support. I, I would love to see what this defense looks like with Stefan to it, though, man. Like, I really feel like a healthy, dominant to it could just fix so much of like what's going on in the front seven. But can't have it that way. To it's not here, so you kind of got to roll with the people you have. Alu Alu's not here either, so you know it, it. It sucks that they're not at full strength, but I mean they're getting TJ Watt back, so that's really all you can ask for at this point in the season. Derek, you uh, you told us before the show that there might be some good uh, news for Najee. Before we jump over here to Cole's uh, question about Juju, what what, yeah. uh, what can they expect here from the Bengals? Yeah, I mean, I mean the the Bengals defense pretty stout against the run. I mean, we talked about they exceeded expectations really all year, at least from my perspective. They've been a good defense. A um, couple things that I'm looking at. Um, shout out to my guys Marcus Johnson, BD Williams, Tate Don't Lie, because um, I was watching their preview before the Raiders played the Bengals uh, a couple weeks ago, and they mentioned that Trey Hendrickson just didn't really look like he was invested in 
playing the run. So I went back and watched, and I, I see a lot of the same things, man. A lot of slow off the ball. I've seen tight ends been able to handle him one-on-one in space, in line on the line of scrimmage. Um, I've seen him get crack block. I've seen him come off like half speed, and then all of a sudden it's third and long, and he's looked like he shot out of a cannon. So um, the numbers really favor like running the ball to his side. He, so he lines up primarily on the defense's right, be the left side for the Steelers' offense. Um, where Dan Moore is. So I'm interested to see if maybe they try to get Najee out on the edge a little bit, maybe some outside zones, some tosses, um, just to make him play both sides, like bo- both both uh, faces of the football. So that's that's one of the things. And then the other thing that I think is going to be a big matchup, um, aside from the turnovers, which always is, but um, the red zone. So Cincinnati has been great in the red zone this year. I think they're fourth in red zone touchdown percentage. Uh, the Steelers defense, they're also fourth in red zone touchdown percentage. Honestly, the Steelers' red zone success on defense has been like really their calling card. They've kind of been disappointing. Middle of the pack pretty much across the board, advanced numbers, traditional numbers, but like they're great in the red zone. That's really important. So um, that could be what kind of swings this. The Steelers went, you know, four for seven on Sunday night football against the Chargers. They come away with one more touchdown. They win the game. So that stuff's really important. So. I agree. I like I like it all. My uh, thing to watch this week may, might not be super good for the Pittsburgh Steelers, but I have a lot of faith in the ability of Kendrick Green and Dan Moore to step up with uh, probably B.J. Finney starting at left guard. I, I think that they, from what I've heard, I've spent the weekend in Jessup, Pennsylvania, you know, visiting family, but from what I've heard, they both look very good in practice. They both looked very focused in practice. practice. Um, and I just think that this is an opportunity for them to just be like, okay, so BJ Finney starting next to us. Things are not looking great. We need to step up. I think this is a good week for them. Um, and I think the Steelers are going to run at them a lot, like a, like a lot, a lot. I think that that's going to be a hole that they, that they try to fill before we um, jump into bets. Cole's got a question here. Good old Cole Snyder. Do you guys ultimately think we keep Juju long term or let him go? Whoever wants I to think had he completed that. the full healthy season, this is a different question. Um, because we all knew, and like, I love Steeler fans so much. I really do. And everyone's like, oh, like, Juju came back home, hometown discount. Like, he wants to be a Steeler. Like, nah, man. Like, the, the, the salary cap's going to shoot up next offseason. Boy's looking for a one-year deal to, you know, get as much time as he can. He wasn't really going to hit that in Kansas City. He wasn't really going to hit that in Baltimore. This is his best chance to get paid. And a season where salary cap's probably going to jump up around $20 million. Teams are going to be able to pay him what he wants to be paid. So had he been healthy and had he produced, I, I definitely thought he was gone. Definitely thought he was going to be gone after this year. With him being out for the rest of the season, though, I'm not exactly sure what that does for either him or the Steelers and what they feel necessary to keep to the receiving core. Um, so it, it's definitely a big wild card for me. I, I really don't have a, a good feel on the situation of what they want to do, you know. Yeah, that it, it's a it's a very tough question. I think for for me specifically is like, what is Juju's market going to be like? You talked about the one year eight million dollar deal that he signed, a little bit less money than what he could have gotten in Kansas City or Baltimore. Um, it's hard to see him getting more than that. You know, this time around, he was pretty unproductive, not really any fault of his own, I don't think, um, before the injury and then he's lost for the season. And look, here's my thing with Juju that I think like we've kind of glossed over a little bit is like Juju's had problems staying healthy. Like maybe not just in terms of like games missed, but he's on the injury report week in, week out for a guy that's his age, you know, 24, 25 years old. It's a little bit concerning. A lot of these like nagging injuries, like he's played through pain. He's a tough dude. 
Um, and I love him. Like, I, I think Juju gets a lot of undeserved hate. Um, they miss him in the slot. Nobody wants to see Ray Ray McLeod run 130 routes in five, six <laughs> weeks. But, like, I, so I want him back. But it also leads into my other question, like, or my other statement kind of is the Steelers have a propensity to only really pay one receiver at a time. And I don't, I don't know how you watch the Steelers offense this year and, like, and think that that's not going to be Deontay Johnson. I, I think yeah, yeah. I think that the Steelers um, should prioritize him in the offseason for an extension. Uh, that doesn't mean I wouldn't take Juju back on a one-year deal if the money's right, both sides want to come back. But I think Deontay Johnson is the number one uh, guy for this team. He's the ex receiver that runs every route. They isolate him on formations where he gets no help. They just kind of – he's like, you know, the NBA version of your superstar scorer. He's the guy you go to to get a bucket, and they just put him out there while they isolate him on the team's cornerback on the boundary, and they say, go run your route, get open, and he does it. So, to me, in the Steelers' offense, um, he's the most important guy, and that's why I would prioritize him for an extension um, over bringing, you know, Juju back if it came to that. Not saying you can't do both. It's just the Steelers have only historically paid one receiver at a time. Yeah, that's where that's where it comes down to is the key thing – key word in this question is long term and that's not that's not going to happen like juju is the heart and soul of the of the steelers when he's out there i get that but he is only worth a one-year deal this offseason he's still young which is good because the steelers can look at that and say okay and he could look at that both sides could agree and say you know i i could definitely come back for another team-friendly one-year deal to try to prove myself and go out there but like you just said Derek, he's dealing with injuries after injuries he's constantly on the injury report is there something in his head maybe that says, or, or there might be something in his head that says, okay, look it, like I, the longer I push this out, the less money I'm going to ultimately make. So if I end up in Baltimore, if I end up in Kansas city on maybe not the mega extension that I was hoping for, but more money than I would get on a one-year deal in Pittsburgh, that's probably the safer bet. And then, you know, two or three, if he takes a three-year deal, he's only 27 years old you know, when it's over, that's still in time for another contract. Uh, I, I think a lot of, a lot of it has to do with how confident Juju is in his long-term health after the season. I don't think anybody else is extremely confident in that. I think that there's a strong possibility that Ray Ray McLeod is the starting slot wide receiver to start next season. Um, and that's not that anybody wants to see, but that's where we're at right now. It's not a good place to be for the Steelers, but he did have nine receptions last week, which, you know, at times he looked he looked okay. He looked okay. Um, let's jump into some predictions before we head out here on this uh, beautiful Saturday before Week Twelve. Is it? It's definitely not snowing in Arizona. It's a dumb question. Is it snowing in good old Kentucky out there? It's cold, yeah. though, man. It's cold. But I, but yeah. I got the hoodie on, man. Don't just so everybody knows. Man. Good game. That was a good game <laughs> like, last night. Hey, Duke is never the underdog. True. Duke's never the underdog. They True. disrespected us last night with that nine-point line. I, I, I'm not going to get off on a dude. It was thing. nine? It was a yeah, nine I didn't realize it was nine. nine. Dude. That's crazy, actually. Duke is never an underdog. That should be tatted no, on you somewhere. If not, we you should make a T-shirt. You should sell T-shirts. Duke's never the underdog. The Steelers are underdogs this week against the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Three-and-a-half-point dogs this week. It's a 44-and-a-half-point over-under. I'm going to go last because I am ridiculously bad at this the last couple of weeks. Um, you could ask my bank account, my uh, SI Sportsbook account, my friends, you guys. doesn't matter. I'm terrible. Donnie, we're going to start with you. Three-and-a-half point dogs, 44-and-a-half point over-under. Do they cover? Do they cover the over-under? What's your score? 
Bro, I don't know why you asked. I'm not any better. Yeah, well, you can go first because <laughs> we'll start good. We'll end. Derek's been on a little bit of a hot streak. He's a little off and on here. Derek's it goes. On the heater. And then, you know, we'll come back to uh, – we'll finish off with a real bad Derek's one. on a heater, bro. I, 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 would, I would tell whatever Derek told me to bet on. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it's just me being a pessimist whenever it comes to the Steelers, but I, I just, like – I don't know, man. I haven't liked what I've seen the last couple weeks. Feels like the Bengals are kind of due to sweep the Steelers underneath the rug. Obviously, I hope it doesn't happen, but – uh, that that three point line kind of sucks. Whenever you're trying to determine who's going to win a game, or like at least what team you're going to bet on. Um, but I just feel like it's going to be a same. It's going to be a close game at the same time. You know, like I, I don't feel like either team's really going to run away with it. Um, are they in? Where are they at? They're in Cincy. They're in Cincy. Yeah. Not that it really matters. It's been historically played well in the state of Ohio. Um. I don't know, dude. Still, still a couple of things I need to see from Steelers. So give me the Bengals minus three. And then uh, the over under, it was 44. 44 and a half. 44 and a half. I, I could probably see that hitting the over, to be honest. Whew. it's That's terrifying because I yeah. thought you were going to go under and then I was definitely going over. I was like, okay, that sounds good to me. Um, all right, what's your final score here? Shit, dude. Uh, give me like like twenty four twenty Cincinnati. Twenty four twenty. Oh, sorry, no. It, it, I was gonna say that doesn't it. hit the it's owner. Got to cover the owner. My bad. Twenty five twenty there. Twenty five twenty. Shout out, shout out to David. Truest thing I've seen all day. <laughs> all righty. Twenty five twenty. They cover. They they do not cover. They do cover the over. Derek three and a half dogs. 44 and a half over under. What do you got here? I'm taking the Steelers. Oh, <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. From actually. your lips, it got Steelers. And let me, let me tell you why. Um, historically, Ben's played the Bengals better in Ohio than he has in Pittsburgh for whatever reason. Um, last year's debacle on uh, primetime aside, he's been really good in Ohio. Mike Tomlin talked about a couple weeks ago. He's an Ohio boy. He likes going to play there. I listened to Ben talk about, you know, how much he wanted that win against Cleveland a couple weeks ago. Um, I know the Cleveland th- hatred for him is a little bit deeper than it is Cincinnati, but he gets up for these games. I'm going to say they, I'm going to ride his little hot streak with no interceptions, playing better football since week five. Um, I am scared about this prediction, but I'm going to make it. Um, I think the Steelers win. What was the over? 44 and a half. That's an ugly number. Mm. Terrible number. Um, 24-21, Steelers. 24-21. That's a good number to go with. That's a very realistic story. Even for a Steelers team when they play bad, 24 points is definitely doable. I agree with you, though, on the on the Ohio uh, point of emphasis here, is that this could be the last time Ben plays in Ohio. And I get that that's not being talked about, and it probably shouldn't be talked about because we don't know what that's going to go. Ben's not looking for a farewell tour. He hasn't been looking for a, for a farewell tour. And he, But it, I think in the back of his head, in the back of a lot of Steelers' heads, it's like this could be the last time Ben Roethlisberger plays in his hometown, which is our home state, which is huge. I'm 
I feel like I'm going to ruin all of uh, any good mojo that Derek just put out into the universe because he's on a hot streak. I'm about to ruin right here by agreeing with him. The Steelers do win. I think the Steelers do win. I think it's a, a shootout, but the score doesn't say that as much. I'm going to go 31 to 21, but this is a close game right up until the end. The Steelers give a little pullback on here. Uh, good old Dave. 27 13. That's a little that's a little bit of a stretch there. I, I think that uh if Joe Burrow's only putting up 13, it'd be game. bad. It hey, look, be man, game. It'd be a good game. I just want to put it on record. If we lose, y'all gotta it's, come for Noah because I gave my prediction first. <laughs> and if we lose, I'm gonna blame it on him. I'm gonna say, you know, whatever happens, it's his his fault. So make sure y'all ride with me on that. That is 100% on me. I won't even take the actual bet. Like, I'll just put it out there, and then I'm just going to flow with it because if I put money on it, they lose. So, we'll, you know, we'll help the mojo a little bit. We'll keep some good vibes going. Pittsburgh Steelers, I'm going to say walk out of here. What did I say? 31-21. Yeah. Move to second place in the AFC North. It's a good weekend for the Steel City. Bad weekend for the state of Ohio. Thank you, everybody. For jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube at All Steelers Talk and follow your favorite podcast host at Nostrack at Donnie Drew at Steelers underscore DB. Enjoy your week 12 football, and we will see you next week.